here, I just. Oh, that was interesting. Was that the Craig bot? That yeah, was I, the I drag and dropped uh, the Illustrator file, and it just sent that. Cool. Yeah, you must have had Craig join and then drop the file in. So when you hit enter, it just like introduced the Craig bot. <laughs> well, what do you know? Fuck it. I was waiting for you. Oh, it's nothing. It's just a readjustment. Your eyes. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, it's nothing. It's just a readjustment. Welcome to the Road to Damnation podcast. This is. It's. Let's do it. Just like well, brother. All right. Welcome everyone to the Road to Damnation, a Horus Heresy podcast. We're here tonight. With Cycle Chris and a very special guest, Runestone Paintings, very own Chris. How you doing, everybody? Dead silence from Chris. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait. I s- you guys can't. Can you hear me now? Or no? Yeah, we we can hear you. We can hear okay. you. Yeah, we can hear you just fine. Oh. No, I was talking. I got it. We're gonna refer to. So we got two Chris's on the episode. So we're gonna refer to. Psycho Chris is Psycho Chris. <laughs> Just to clarify. Alright. So I think you know, let's let's go on everyone's hobby progress. So I mean Chris who's currently abroad, what's your hobby progress? Um, I really don't have any thirty K hobby progress. I've been actually just kind of painting up some orcs for a uh, great crusade project and uh, just to kinda, you know, cleanse my palette, change things up a little bit. It's been going pretty well. Painted some goth orcs, working on a 20-man unit. But that's nice. it. Yeah. I mean, technically, you could play orcs in a 30k setting if you wanted to create your own rules, because they, they were around at the time of the heresy. Yeah, the plan is to use them in kind of a Great Crusade or even uh, a uh, 30k campaign somehow, and I'd probably use the 7th Ed rules and, uh, you know, get rid of formations and stuff like that. Maybe tweak them a little bit because uh, some of the, some of the weapons in 30 K are just going to eat through orcs. So they might need to get, you know, fine tuned a little bit so they don't get destroyed. But I think it'd be a neat opportunity to use some of those weapons that don't really get used as much. You know, you say you built a squad of auto cannons or, you know, uh, the rotor cannons and uh, yeah. some bullkite, you know, that's going to work great against orcs. You know, I think that'd be a neat, Kind of a campaign, couple games to do with that. No, it definitely would be. It, I, I mean, playing the Great Crusade, that would be like pretty cool. There are definitely some weapons that just do not get used in the 30k setting, yeah, like Ferris Manus. You know, chance for people to field him. <laughs> yes, poor Ferris Manus that get, loses his head. <laughs> I'm really hung up on the idea that like. 30k or of, of having 30k orcs that are like you know probably about 30 percent larger at least because wasn't the, like there's this like part of the fiction where uh 30k orcs are supposed to like most of them are supposed to be pretty like large i don't have to be larger but some of the i mean the orcs get bigger and t- where there are and the bigger their wog gets and there were some pretty big ones that happened so I guess you could, but for me, the juice isn't worth the squeeze to kind of 
model them all and make them more of a, a larger one. Unless somebody like made, you know, orcs that were just, you know, like 30% larger that you could buy and do it. But I picked up that lot of orcs about four, about 4k points worth of orcs for pretty cheap. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to knock them out. That's awesome. Pretty well. Nice. Chris, cycle Chris, what have you been up to? Not a whole lot, man. Um, I haven't done jack shit, really, hobby-wise. Busy yeah. with the family life. Pretty much. I don't even know what the fuck I've been doing. I got a PS4 game and played it for a half hour, and that was exhilarating. Haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> Yo, that... that was that. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so, yeah. Which PS4 game? Call of Cthulhu. The new one. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I love Cthulhu Mythos. I fucking love it. Like, So, as you know, you've seen the statues in my game room. Yes. Yes, yeah, I have. In your cult. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We're going to come I over to your house one day. You'll still be cleaning up from your cult meeting. Dude, <laughs> I would love to have a Cthulhu cult. I'd totally start that shit. How would you... I mean, they got rid of the uh, Craigslist ad, so you can't even post guy looking for cult members for C- Cthulhu. Wait, <laughs> are, there they, Cthulhu, are there Cthulhu podcasts out there? I think that's what your next step needs to be, is a Cthulhu 30k podcast. <sighs> Dude, that that'd be Cthulhu 30k. That's kind of like just Nurgle, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know anything about it. So you, gosh, it's funny. It's funny. So, my hobby progress. So, I've almost finished the Mechanicum book, which was pretty awesome. Great twist at the end of it. I feel like that's uh I'll say spoiler alert, like I was not expecting the Emperor to be such a puppet master. Crazy that he set this all up. Uh, allowed the Mechanicum to grow and basically used it to his own benefit to allow the Imperium to claim back Lost Worlds. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then in terms of hobby progress, I've realized don't build miniatures when you're drunk and don't <laughs> Uh, read the instructions very carefully um, between my Reva, which I decided I was going to take apart and paint and get it all set up because now at Betrayer 4 they're doing Titanica, so I'm like, oh man, i got to get everything like kind of ready for the Betrayer 4. Uh, in the process, I on the Reva, I put the bottom leg pieces backwards. And the super glue I used, which was the Army Painter super glue, decided to freeze pretty well. So I stuck it in the freezer, and as I went to go try and break them off, I, I snapped the model in various places. So it's going to be a fun fix job. Nice. You know, in true, true fashion. I've noticed that recently, maybe not recently, but the way GW does some of their newer kits, you definitely have to follow the instructions. I know with the Sisters of Silence, I really kind of screwed myself up there, and I think the uh, Gene Steeler cults, because some of the pieces, like the front and the back, or some like the legs, where the legs meet the torso. Yeah, man. Very specific ones, and yeah, you definitely got to follow them. You can't kind of wing it like 
like you used to do, or like you wing it when you're doing just building regular space Marines. Mm. So you haven't opened your grand master edition for Titanicus yet, Chris. When you no, built the Warlord, my mistake with the Warlord is the canopy frame structures. There's a front and a back to those. Or is it left and right? They, they sit a certain way. So I ended up having to like rip them out and rotate them back around because otherwise the, the canopy plates don't sit right. Once again, don't do this when you've had a couple of beers. Really follow the instructions because for some reason, well, I guess for a good reason, Titanicus, they're very directional. And if you don't put them that way, then the model doesn't, the, the rest of it doesn't sit too well. So, fun times there. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm still unhappy with my one warlord, but hopefully no one will notice. I was saying before we started recording, I assembled him, and uh, the torso was, or like the bottom part of the torso was leaning back too far. So if I didn't jerry rig some kind of dreadnought bit up in there to have him lean forward, I'd have a a warlord that was literally falling backward all game long. Well, now that you said it, we're definitely going to notice. We're not going to be able to not see it every time we look at that. That's all right. I'll just squat in the corner and cry and hate myself. <laughs> what I will say is I have enjoyed painting the uh, Titans in Adeptus Titanicus. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that they really enjoy painting those models, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to knocking those out. Yeah, I can't wait for you to actually get back so I can play you in some Adeptus Titanicus, as well as 30k. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Shame you're just missing Betrayer, because Betrayer would have been a fun event. You just call him Shane? This is... No, I said it's a shame, oh. because he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, people are going to be so upset, there's no Shane rant tonight. <laughs> no, he bailed. He's He's the one who spurred the whole the whole recording tonight anyway and then he bailed it's kind of funny yeah it so is all that go for it no it's pretty awesome it was his idea and you know midweek grant why not <laughs> what i won't do is mention a certain legion and <laughs> <laughs> mention how yeah, I mean, we don't actually hate people that play Space Wolves. We just really enjoy making fun of our own community. That's all. This is true. Someone messaged us thinking, like, you know, we were actually... They, they probably thought we were, like, just major douchebags that were just judging everyone that plays Space Wolves. Although we, we are doing that. <laughs> we don't actually dislike you as a person. We just think that you're a lesser being. Well, I, I bought the stuff to build a uh, ZM. Space Wolf Army. So, as much as I talk shit, you know, I'm a, I'd be a hypocrite, you know, if it really, really felt like that. But, a ZM yeah. Space Wolves Army. Yeah, yeah. I just want to build like a small, like 1200 point Space Wolf kind of strike force. I like that idea. No, I mean, if they're done correctly, they're like, they're a pretty nice army to look at. Yeah. You're not that much of an idiot. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the one legion I truly hate, where they're not even a legion, custodies. 
the Emperor's personal Gen- General guards. Custards? Yeah, General Custards. They're definitely a legion. They were everywhere in the heresy. They were even traitors. Wait, did, did you say that because somebody played them as traitors? No, I just, when people want to play them as traitors, you're like, in the heresy, I don't think they were traitors. Wait, but do people actually try to do that? I would, I'm sure there is someone that's tried it. Okay, so you don't know anyone. Okay. That. okay. Well, no. you, you'll, I'm sure you'll find someone. Well, it's pretty, well, for most of our events, we say that it's, that we go to it's their loyalists. You can only play them as loyalists. I mean, after you guys recorded the podcast episode, didn't you find a post of, and I wanted the link, but I guess you didn't see that, where, no. um, like, didn't you find a post where somebody just did a single color gray coating and then said it was a finished Space Wolf dreadnought? It had basing. It had basing. It was in the snow. <laughs> yeah, but it was snow on top of a bare base. Like they, they tried. Give them, give them credit. Credit where credit is due. It, it had its free column. In gotta, everybody's got to start somewhere. Everybody's got to start somewhere. It was just really funny. I, well, I, I found it funny because you know after going on this. It was just funny to see the picture. I was like, I didn't think that was the case, but you know, actively don't play space. Play space wolves if you like space wolves. Do whatever you want. Just make yeah, sure they're seen it awesome. Just don't play Thousand Suns. Yes. <laughs> so I got um that because of the last podcast, I ordered Praetorian of Dorne. I got the book. I want to try to actually read, not listen. Um, but I also got A Thousand Sons, like that that novel, Horse Heresy. Because uh, yeah. Shane said this one thing out of the book that made me really want to read it, which was like, it's it's just one line where it's like, uh, A Thousand Sons is like headshotting a bunch of space wolves, just saying like, don't these guys wear helmets or something like that? So for some <laughs> reason, hearing that made me want to order them. And if I end up actually liking them, it might inspire some sort of um, um, why am I forgetting what it's called? You know, where it's multiple legions in one beat up army. I, I don't know why. Oh, Shattered one. Legion. There you go. Or uh, yeah, Shattered Legion. Mm-hmm. Well, you can also take an allied detachment as well. Your mom can take an allied detachment. <laughs> Well, that's the best way to start is do like a ZM force or an ally detachment. You know, get into the hobby that way or get into <laughs> your next newest army that way. I didn't even know you could do ally detachments in Harrison. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. Wow, I completely forgot. I was thinking about doing an ally detachment of Mechanicum after reading the Mechanicum book, but. Well, oh, that's man. how I started mine. And, you know, that's a, that's a money pit right there, man. Mechanicum? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the, the, when you get back, I have to. You have to play uh, Dan in the community. His Dark Mechanicum army is gorgeous. Oh, is that I've that seen one? Pictures. Yeah, they look great. That's the rusty one. Yeah. So yeah, I was jerking off all over that at the event. Uh yeah. So and his Scoria, he 
built Scurrier, which I've heard is an absolute nightmare to build, <coughs> painted it to a phenomenal standard just for the Heresy event that we ran. And it, it was amazing. Like, it's a credit to him. Because there's so many moving, like, all the different arms were you could move and pivot at different points and I gave them props. It looked phenomenal. I was just upset he didn't actually get to use Scurrier because we made him uh ally. Uh loyalist. Oh wow. Yeah. You guys are jerks. Yeah man. <laughs> When the whole community is uh, traitors, and then you've got like a handful of loyalists. Yeah, yeah. Like I, usually it seems like it's pretty balanced everywhere else. Like I've never heard anybody else talk about there being like a large disparity between the two. But I don't know. Maybe it's something about Dirty Jersey and you know having traitors <laughs> versus loyalists. I, I, so, I well, love that you just said Dirty Jersey. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, it's funny that we were talking about Dan's wonderful weathering of his Dark Mechanicum and the Rust. So, since we have Chris from Brunstorm Painting here, we figured, you know, we'd go into a bit about how he got into, like, painting and craziness, but, like, more focus on weathering, because I know Chris has some really good techniques and tips to, like, create some really cool weathering effects on vehicle and as you know her uh, heresy is the dirtier side the more realistic combat compared to the pristine armors that you get in 8th edition so I feel like that's a good way to enter that one that segment right yeah yeah I think heresy definitely steps away from the kind of like the standard heavy metal that GW has had, which has its own style has evolved over the years too, from the really bright colors that they had in the nineties to what they're doing now, which they're actually having some weathering and some other stuff on some of their models, but they're not as realistically weathered, I think as some of the stuff that you see in 30 K because I guess we're looking at it as more of like a historical war game in a way. Yeah. So people are trying to represent those things in more in a realistic light, I think is what uh what happens and the way that kind of pushes the way that we model and paint. So I viewed it uh also might be down to the gaming format, whereas Heresy isn't really a, a tournament based game. It's more of a narrative and historical reenactment kind of of the heresy event compared to uh eighth edition, which is more tournament based so most people are trying to get their army just to a playable standard before the new meta comes out and the rules change on it yeah so we have like, more you have more passion in your army you know you have more that you put into this you're, you're building that army because you love it because that's the legion that you want to do and you know like that's what's inspired you from reading the books from the leading re going through the black books you know and like reading the lore and it's not just like hey this is the flavor of the week you know, they just released this these cool new models with that have great rules, and you know, you got to get a just a couple different coats of paint on them so you can get them on the tabletop and playing for a tournament. Not that everybody does that, but that seems to be the uh, majority that you see sometimes. Yeah. So, so 
Chris, how, well, what inspired you? How did you get started in painting miniatures? I'm going to put it that way. That's probably better. So I started, um, I had to be like 12 or 13 when I started. I started with uh, when Battlemasters came out. I don't know, from Milton Bradley. It was like a combination between GW, Citadel, and uh, Milton Bradley. I don't know if you guys even know what Battlemasters is that I'm talking about. I have like a slight knowledge of it. So it definitely pulled from the Warhammer background. They have, you know, like units from there. And uh, some of the storyline was that too, but it was kind of like an easy, like, tabletop battle game, you know, with like miniatures that were on trays and, you know, you could fight them. They had Chaos and Orcs on one side and Beastmen. And then you had the Empire on the other side. And uh, it came with, with miniatures. And I saw the painted ones on the back of the box and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I really want to paint mine to look like this. And I painted up the ogre out of that. And after that, it was kind of it. I just kept painting and, you know, I was playing Hero Quest. And then I found Warhammer and Warhammer Quest and just, you know, kept painting and refining everything that I did there. So recently, you just put up a picture of where you started in painting to where you are right now. I did. Yeah. I put up the, uh, I found the ogre going through some of my old stuff. I found that ogre in a box hidden away in a closet. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny seeing the progress that you make over, you know, 25 years of, of painting. Yeah, man. It, it's like night and day. It's like, uh, when you're a kid and you paint and you're like happy with it and it's like kind of sloppy and then you get to like right now and you're like, it's like almost like best way of describing it. Well, I remember, I think one of the last times I was over at your house playing, um, uh, you actually showed me your first miniature, and I was like, wow, that's probably better than some of the shit I can do now, so fuck you. <laughs> well, you always kind of like look at your own stuff, and yeah, you usually have a more critical eye on everything else, on everything that you paint yourself, and even stuff that I painted last week, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know, I can do better now, and I can, I can do that, so it's always important to, you know, keep evolving, keep trying to learn new tricks, and that's what most of it is, is you, you're not just like getting better at painting, you're, you're refining your eye your uh, hand-eye coordination, but you're, you're learning these tricks that help you kind of like build that, that look that you're going for, you know, mm -hmm. kind of help, you know, trick the eye into thinking that, you know, like what's there is there, you know, like make metallics look more metallic, make, you know, vehicles look more weathered, you know, and to be able to do the highlights and the shadowing to really make the miniature pop and to draw out the, the sculpture that's in it. Yeah, man. Um, so, talking about some of the recent models you did, Craigbot actually just commissioned your service to paint a Reaver. Um, one the, I don't know uh, particularly the inspiration, but the model came out phenomenal. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, what are some of the techniques you used on that Reaver? Wow. Well, thanks. Yeah, I was I was pretty happy with that. That's definitely the biggest model that I've done so far. Um, I used quite a few different techniques on that. I did different layers of weathering. So uh, the biggest and well, the part that I liked the most was the uh, the armor plates. They were a lot of fun. I kept them separate from the frame, so I painted those separately and then uh, glued them and assembled them later. 
No, you can definitely um, the way I did that in the I... pictures you posted on your Instagram, which is runestorm underscore painting. You can see that you've taken them all separately and painted them separately, uh, which probably made it a lot easier to get to the metal behind it and do all of the craziness of the metals behind the plates. Um, yeah, it's it's really really important to do stuff in self assembly stuff, especially stuff that large. I used to never want to do that. I always wanted to build it completely and then I'd go paint it, but it really makes a huge difference and saves so much time to you know do them separately. So for yeah, the armor man. panels, what I did is I kind of you know I did a black uh, primer on them, then I did a a little bit of a white highlight underneath, yep. just kind of like randomly doing that. And then I laid hull red over that to kind of like create like a dappled kind of like rust color. And that was the base for all the armor plates with that. And then I used some uh, masking fluid that I have. It's just like this like generic artist like masking fluid. And I sponge that on into spots that I kind of want to be heavily weathered. Yeah. And then uh, I came through and did a, a white base and black and brought it back to kind of a base over that. And then I started building up the yellows using uh, with an orange and then uh, Averline Sunset, and then like Moon Yellow from Vallejo, and just kind of built up the yellows there. And then when I was done with that, I needed to lay down the black flames. So I used the uh, hairspray technique over the yellow to get the black so I could weather the black so it looked like it was peeling off of the yellow, and then still be able to use the uh, masking fluid to show the weathering where it goes all the way through and the paint's chipping off and there's rust showing from all right. on the armor plates. So you mentioned masking fluid for someone like myself that knows some basic weathering techniques. How does masking fluid help you know, create the weathering effect? Well, how do you use it? That's probably the best way. So what I do is I lay down that rust color and then I'll sponge on to certain areas that I want to be chipped so I've got like a red underneath and then I'll sponge on that stuff. And it's kind of like, like almost like a rubbery kind of uh, material that stays there and it'll peel off. It, it won't, once it dries, you can paint over it and you can peel it off later on once you've painted over it and it'll leave like a really realistic looking chips there. So I painted the red and then I did the yellow over that. And then to layer it, what you do is you, uh, just take like blue tack or something like that. And when you run it along, it kind of just, the friction, it'll hook onto the uh, masking fluid there. Yeah. It'll just pull it up and it'll leave the paint, the top paint, wherever, you're, you know, you didn't put that masking fluid, but wherever you pull it up from, it'll create a really realistic looking uh, chipping effect. Nice. Um, and then I, Things that I love is like from the rust, you almost have like uh, like water gone onto it, and it's like the rust is now coming down the panel. So I like that effect on the reaver a lot. Yeah, I did a lot of the the running rust is done with oil paints. So I use a couple different. I use a brown and like a rust red oil paint. I'll put those on there. You let them dry for a little bit, and then a little bit of uh, artist white spirit. You just kind of pull it down with your brush. Yeah, create a really realistic looking effect, and then uh, some weathering powders were used in some of that too to create where yeah, it kind of like goes down we, and builds up. Before you get to the weathering powders, um, I use the same technique. You actually taught me that technique with the um, doing the rust and then pulling it up with the um, blue tack, and I found that 
another method for creating um, pretty cool rest streaks that for me are actually a little bit easier is um, taking a, a sponge and actually dipping it in the uh, the white spirit that's mixed with the um, oil paint and then I'm running it down from the rust spot. So you might try it sometime, see if you like it, but I just figured I'd throw that in there. Yeah, Chris, you're, I mean, your new Spartan, the weathering techniques you used on that came out phenomenal. Well, I mean, Chris taught me those techniques, so. Um, but I, I, by accident, tried using a sponge once to, like, do something, and it actually helped with the streak because it got multiple streaks at once, and it was just mm -hmm. the way it just went straight down. It, for me, it was just easier. I don't know. You know, everyone's different, but I just figured Yeah, it'll create a random realistic effect when you do that too i imagine yeah it's exactly what what i got out of it and yeah i was like super happy so i'll, I'll definitely have to try that that sounds like a pretty good yeah. idea the, uh, also another weathering technique that i used for the uh, black flames on top of the yellow was the uh, hairspray technique so i don't know if you know about that one what i did is i created a uh, a stencil for the flames I created a stencil out of a just like a real thin piece of like a cardstock. Yeah. Put it over. Put it over there. The uh, the yellow, and then I laid down a layer of uh, just cheap hairspray. Let uh -huh. that dry, and then I come in, and then you airbrush the uh, black over that. And then once that's dry, and you're ready to weather, the hairspray is activated again by water. So you get a little cup of warm water, and you can take like a toothpick or or like a toothbrush, and yep. you just put a little bit of water and let it just sit on the paint for a second. You just need to get it damp, and what that does is it activates that hairspray again, so that when you go along and you you touch it with a brush or a toothpick or whatever, it lifts up that black paint, and it just whatever's underneath is going to show then. So nice. it's it's it definitely takes a little bit of practice on that one and a little bit of finesse, so you're not overdoing it but it can have a really neat effect and it, you know, you can double up your layering on that. So I've got this effect of the black that's peeling off the yellow. And then I still have the chipping of the yellow showing through with the black right next to it. So it, it, it turns out pretty well, but you just got to plan out the way you're going to do it. Okay. Before you start. And then once you're done with that, uh, hairspray technique, you definitely need to seal it and to varnish after that. Once it's dry, because if you come back and you start painting and it's a little too wet, you could activate it again, and then it can kind of mess up what you're working. Uh, yes. So it, it takes a little bit of practice to really perfect that one, but you know, once it's down, it, it's a very simple technique, but it will work just the same. Yeah, it's, it's a super, super great technique. It's uh, really easy to use, but yeah, definitely practice on something that you're not worried about, you know, screwing up. You know, do, do some scenery, some terrain, if you're working on that. That's where I practiced all mine. My most of my weathering, I practice on like the scenery, terrain, like those those pipes that GW makes. And you know, you screw up there, it's fine. So going on, like weathering. So like, obviously, if you go to your Instagram, you have like a lot of pictures of like vehicles where like the tracks are super like rusted and muddy, and like uh, there's rust marks coming uh, down the tank. Are these that using similar techniques or that? slightly different no that's that's pretty different for my tracks i usually uh start them and i'll paint them like a base brown 
almost like a like graveyard brown. Yep. Earth, I think from GW. And then I'll wash them with uh, Agrax Earthshade. Then okay. I'll come through and I'll uh, sponge on some metallic colors just to kind of show the uh, metal coming through. And then I uh, apply weathering powders from there and seal them with a varnish. So I'll use a mixture of uh, weathering powders depending on what the technique I'm using on that one. You know, I'll put a little bit of rust in there, but if it's like a sand, you know, like or the army's kind of based with like a dusty sand color, then I'll, you know, weather it with that. Or if it's like a muddy, kind of like earthy tones, you know, you use like your browns and, and those colors for that. And you just come through and put your, uh, apply your weathering powders that way. And there's a, there's quite a different few, quite a different ways that you can apply weathering powders too. You know, you can use water, you can use uh, white spirits. You can just apply them directly on the miniature and then seal them with a, a little bit of matte varnish later on. Yeah, man. I, they just look uh, so realistic and so so amazing uh, to actually look at and be like, wow, that's some good technique in there. And the sealer that you used, use the uh, the Vallejo matte or or uh, varnish finish. I use a AK Interactive Ultra Matte for most of the sealing, like the final sealing that I'm doing. So if I need to seal something, like if I'm going to do an oil wash or something like that, I'll use Vallejo Gloss. Or like I need to really like, because the gloss is going to give you a better seal. It's going to give you a harder coat that's going to really protect the miniature. But you don't always want a glossy coat when you're for your miniatures in the finish. So I'll use the uh, Ultra Matte at the end, which gives you a better better look but it doesn't protect as well. Hmm. <coughs> nice. Going on, i just seen, because I, oh, I still gawk at it every time it, uh, Craigbot plays with it, the glaive, and how you did the uh, Volkite cannon, I guess that's what it's called on the glaive. Mm-hmm. How you did like the effect at the end of it, where it's like, like almost like it's, the metal's overheated too much at points. It's just, that's a really cool finish on that. That's a that's really easy technique there, and I've kind of the way that I do it is I just paint the cannon, and I did my metallics the way I usually do, and then I came back with the uh, with a couple different GW washes is what I'm using right now to get that heat distortion wow. on the end there, and I I apply them all through the airbrush, and I'm just using uh, Seraphim Sepia. Okay. The uh, purple wash. I don't remember what that one's called. Yes. Yep. Druchy Violet. And then I'll take like a uh, I don't have a blue wash so I just use like a like kind of like a bright blue and I thin it down a whole okay. lot. Like a like a 80-20 mix. So it's almost like a glaze and then, uh, and then Agrax Earthshade. So what I'll do is the first and closest the first layer that I lay down is the one that's furthest from the, the muzzle tip right there. And that's the Seraphim Sepia. And oh, I'll yeah. lay that down first in a band around the, uh, the cannon barrel. And then I move up a little bit. And then I'll lay down the, uh, the purple, the Druchy Violet will be the next one. And I'll kind of overlap it a little bit with the Seraphim Sepia as I do that, kind of pulling it up almost to the muzzle there. Yep. And then I'll come in with the blue will be the next one. And that'll be like the last third right there at the end. Because that's 
right there at the tip. So you don't want to do like the full like third on over the blue. You know, you just kind of want like a hint there. Like you're looking at it and you can kind of see that it's there, but you don't want it too pronounced. And I'll hit the blue there. And then I come back with the uh, null oil at the end and just do the very tip of the barrel. If there's a little bit of like soot or whatever that accumulates there from, uh, from being fired. And sometimes with that, I'll add a little bit of a uh, little bit of black paint into that known oil just to kind of give it a little more opacity. Yeah, I, it just it it just adds to that model and makes it look phenomenal. I, yeah. Have you ever heard of the salt technique for weathering? Yeah, I've I've used the salt technique before. I think it's it works kind of like the uh, the hairspray technique, but I think. It, it's actually it's kind of like a mix between the hairspray technique and the uh, shipping the uh, masking fluid technique. I think I have better control with either than I would with with just the salt. I, th I don't I don't know if the salt was really worth it when I was doing it. Um, I can get the effect that I want using the hairspray technique, and I know how that works. And then I can use the masking fluid technique, and that's a very controlled technique, so I can really work that well too. So. Hmm. Yeah, I've kind of strayed away from using the, the salt technique on that one. For someone who doesn't know what the salt technique is, I'm assuming it's relatively similar. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty much what you're doing is you, you're applying like salt on top of the model in like random patterns. You know, you want to put down just it there and then you're going to paint or spray over that. And it's going to adhere and then you come back with water and the salt's going to dissolve and it's going to leave those, those chipped spots. Kind of like you would have with the with the shipping medium. Ah, uh, okay, I see. Which where would do that in spots, whereas the uh, the hairspray is going to do it all over. So you have to be very careful where you come back to remove with the hairspray. But if you're using the masking fluid, it's only going to pull up in the spots where you actually applied that masking fluid. So the masking fluid is nice because you can apply it with a sponge or with a brush, and you can put it exactly where you want it. The salt's a little bit more random, and sometimes it can run a little bit, and I've had some issues with that. And then the, the hairspray technique, that's one where you got to kind of like be very careful about where you're going to do your weathering. When you wet it, you got to be careful because you could, you know, remove stuff that you don't want to. Nice. So, to the pair of you, because Psychoworkers is really good at weathering also, and what is your favorite weathering technique and what was your favorite model to work with for weathering? You ask me? Yeah, both. Why not? Oh, uh, I don't, I'm fucking, honestly, I consider myself a noob with this shit. I just, um, I'm pretty, I, I don't know. I think I'm pretty new to weathering really like, like effective weathering. Um, because the only two miniatures I have that have, that are like vehicles that have, that I consider good weathering is the, um, well, the Spartan and then the, um, Derrideo that's converted with the armager legs. Um, I actually, I, I want to enter the armor or the, the Derrideo with the armager legs in, uh, the Jersey devil painting competition. I forget when that's happening. Then. Yo, I think Chris. that's early December there. And I think, I think you yes. definitely should. It's an amazing model that you have there. But I, yeah. I have to. I, I need to do the heat stress on the on the barrel, 
and then um, there are, like I wanted to maybe make the eyes look a little bit better with the glowing effect. And um, I think there's like one or two other things I wanted to do, or like maybe try weathering powders with dirt like near the feet. Oh, and and I bought what is it called Vallejo engine acrylic. It's okay. A, it's a like motor. It says engine gram. I wanted to try that out on something and then see if I could apply it to that. And then I I want to enter it. Um, because that that's honestly my favorite model that I've ever painted. Um, and that was my first attempt to true like true attempt at like patient taking my time and weathering. And it was really like, you know, that's that's the stuff. The first time I tried it after you um Chris were uh. You know, teaching me the techniques so you should definitely enter it to so like, the jersey devil painting contest basically yeah yeah i'd love to and like basically the stuff that chris was just explaining with the masking fluid that's the only weathering technique that i've ever been able to achieve like you know either either someone just pissed the entire contents of their bladder and <laughs> or they're pouring no, no. their drink no, that was that was uh, the sink, but I will be pouring myself another drink here. Okay, I, I'm gonna leave that in because it just sounded amazing. So, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I don't know any other weathering technique. I try, I've tried the sponging stuff, and it just always looks fucking stupid when I do it. You gotta see with sponging, and and that less is more for a lot of weathering. For a lot of weathering, uh, less usually is more, and uh, the sponging. What can happen there is too is not using the correct color to do the chipping. So for yeah. like lighter colors, I usually mix like a uh, like a hull red from Vallejo with either black or escapement blade dinge for the chipping there. And then if you're doing like darker colors, sometimes it's best just to chip it with like a with a metallic color, like a silver or a Vulcan metal kind of color. I feel like hull red is a really good universal color. Whole red. Whole, whole, whole red's a pretty awesome color. Yeah, there's so many uses for it. Yeah, it's great. Wow. So I'm applying the um, glossy non oil to the bronze edging on my uh, Chaos Dwarfs. And it's looking pretty good. Oh, yeah. I use the Serpent Sepia on the Salamanders that I did on the bronze for them. Well, see, this isn't actually bronze. It's um, Balthasar gold, but it's clearly fucking bronze. It's not gold or brass or yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, it's a, def- a dark, dark gold. Yeah, Vallejo makes like some pretty awesome to golds too. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. Not not to get too out of thirty k, but I'm thinking for these guys, I should maybe do some weathering powders for the bottom with like dirt, and then they'll be good. I think you should do it. I think you should take some of those skills that you've learned from your horse heresy modeling and put them into your fantasy. Yes, and it is fantasy. It's not Age of Sigmar because I don't. I lost. You know, I'm not interested in Age of Sigmar. I'm. I'm actually still really excited about fantasy. So, fantasy. What are you gonna say? Let's say fantasy. I I like fantasy. The movement trays. The the way. I've heard good things about Sigma, Age of Sigma, so I'm not going to speak about it. 
Well, yeah, we don't need to talk shit about it. But basically, like, honestly, I think that that game is really a product of the time. And, and I don't know, this could be a, a, a pretty reasonable rant for the show, which is, like, not to get too off topic, but we're there. So, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Nowadays, there's so much instant gratification that I feel like fantasy didn't really have much of a place with the exception of, like, you know, people in their 30s and 40s. Because, uh, you know... The games took so fucking long. They did. But, I mean... A good battle in... 4th edition took pretty... A very long time, too. So... I don't know. I I think it might be the case of... You know, people looking for... Simplicity. Yo, I feel like 2nd edition 40k would fit Heresy well. Because it's so fucking detailed. Oh, dude, no way! I, really? Like it's, second edition, dude. It used to take so long. That's great for like something small, like like skirmish size, like yeah. second ed battles. Used to, nah, it's it's just it, it definitely bogs down. Close combat definitely bogs down, especially when you've got a whole assault squad that's all armed differently. You yeah. know, like those. Yeah. It, it definitely wasn't. You know, like all of it was cracked up to be. That's definitely a lot of people looking through rose tinted glasses back at second edition. There's a reason that they moved on to third edition and kind of streamed like that. Yeah. But that system worked really well for the original Necromunda, I think. I haven't played the new one yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it and checking it out. I'm pretty excited that they're releasing two books if you want to jump into Necromunda. I think that's a great move by them. Oh, they're releasing two books that are like compilations of the $500 buy-in? Yes. Right now? They wow. are, yes. So That'll, I'll, I'll probably just buy them, because I, I think I have like one or two books. So. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, it's a bonus episode. We could fucking stray. Whatever. <laughs> stray no. from what? It's, it's, this, this is the road to damnation, but we just... Rant about. Well, we don't have Shane, so we can't go on an epic rant. But we can make fun of Shane for proposing that we do this, and then drinking way too much beer and passing out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's not here to defend himself, so just do it. It's, it's weak. Yeah, he's probably painting some space walls right now. Doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just pulling them out of his fucking calf box, lining them up, and saying, "Done." <laughs> yeah, he's he's probably got some Thunderwolf cavalry there too. Yeah, he's like, actually, I, I really just want to like say something to grind his gears and say the world eaters are just a tiny step up from pulling it out of the box. Well, world eaters got their ass kicked by the space wolves too. I mean, you remember that, right? Yeah, well, angry Ron. It's like the water boy running around with fucking chain uh, chainsaws. Like, like, there's really not any tactic involved. A bunch of wolves are a lot smarter. And, like, you know, at least they hunt in packs. They don't just run forward screaming like a bunch of retards. <laughs> <clears throat> that is Angron. Just with those stupid butcher nails inside him that's telling him to just run around like crazy lunatic. Yeah. Blood for the blood god. Yeah. I mean, why did he decide on white when he's just going to chop off everyone and end up looking red anyway? Maybe that's why it later, like, it shows it shows the blood better when you you have the white white armor. 
He's very patriotic because he's like white and blue. So then when he kills people, he gets some red in there. Yeah, <laughs> no, he just needs a Trump flag like right next to him as he's. Oh, a mega hat, right? Oh, mega hat. Would, would Angron wear a mega hat? Would he? I don't think so. I don't think he wanted to make the Imperium great. He just wanted <laughs> to kill. So I'm pretty sure he would have uh, no opinion on politics. <laughs> That's awesome. Every, every, all of no, his no, decisions he, are solved at the end of an axe. So. No, he, he would protest at every um, presidential election because he had such daddy issues <clears throat> that he'd be against <laughs> everyone. Did you, just to veer this off topic, but I feel like Angron would be the that guy that showed up at a vegan festival and just started eating meat in front of them. Yeah, walking around with a big turkey leg. <laughs> just, just sitting there eating the raw meat, just being like, blood for the blood god. <laughs> nice. That would be him. But I've, I've seen Shane's list for betrayal. It's a, it's a very non-existent army for... <laughs> It comes down from hell. <laughs> Yo, I just got an idea. What if, like, since people protest about eating meat, they just stopped killing the animals, but just cut off different limbs and just gave them, like, little peg legs? <laughs> what, the animals or the people? I mean, either or. Like, come on. Let's be but real. We're not going to kill him. We're just going to take the bacon from his ribs. He's going to have this hole, but it'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, fill it with epoxy. <laughs> two two part epoxy. That'll work. I, I'm I'm pretty sure there'd still be a lot of issues about that. Yeah. Maybe it'd be right. it'd be pretty funny though. It would be very funny. Uh so you know, Shay not here. We just have to bash on wild eaters so he knows. Yeah. Yep, I don't have any more material though, so that's all you got. <laughs> well, I'm really well, it's excited like it about. Takes, it's not like it takes tactics to run forward at the enemy. You know, like it's pretty much all you do is put down your guys, and what are you going to do? Oh, they're going to run forward and charge. That's it. I once set up a game against somebody I was playing against that had world leaders, and um, I was I play against them pretty frequently for a while, and I had always win. And um, so I set a game table up one day intentionally. So, like, if they used the right tactics, they would win. And they didn't use any tactics. They just ran forward with their models <laughs> and then complained that I didn't set the table up. I set the table up in my own favor. And I was like, no, this is what you could have done. And I wouldn't have been able to do anything until you got up close. But it was really funny. I, I guess your army is probably more... It, it... It's designed to fight a close combat army. I would put it that way. Well, yeah, because I cancel out the bonus attacks. Um, yeah, that's one. And that's and one lately, I've actually been playing crack. them. Was it? I said that's one tough nut to crack because you're running a stone gauntlet there. Yeah, but the thing is, I can't charge. If I charge, I lose my toughness. So basically, what I've been doing lately is I only charge vehicles and buildings. But I could still put them in a Spartan, run them 18 inches, turn one, and then they're 18 inches, like you know, into the table at that point. So then, if they get charged, you know, I could at least grab an objective or get close to an uh, an objective. Um, 
But like at, at our event, it was pretty cool because I, I played pretty aggressively, but I didn't charge anything except the vehicles and buildings, and it worked out really well. So a you lot of people love, think, what was that? You just love destroying buildings. <laughs> Dude, it, it's so effective. It's so fucking effective. So like yeah, I mean It'd I mean, be think funny. about it. People hide in a building and you blow the building up on top of them. You can potentially wipe an entire unit or more. So No, it is pretty effective. Yeah, I would just find it funny if there was like you're like there was a squad right to the left of you and a building to the right and you're like, I'm gonna charge the building. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, What my troops are at you're like, nah, just just the building. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's so Chris, who is currently not in the country but comes back fairly soon. You have two armies. Do you want to explain which two legions you run and which is your preferred favorite? So my main is uh Sons of Horus. The truck. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one. I also have uh, Dark Angels, about 2,500 points of them. And then I've started uh, Mechanicum, so I'm at about 2k points with a Trader, with a Dark Mechanicum. And then I also started a Militia Army, but I'm kind of uh, on hold with them because I ran out, of, ran out of parts to make the troops. And Forge World <laughs> jacked up their prices, so I was kind of like holding off on buying some Malkadors until uh, I could find a good deal on its own. But yeah, Sons of Horse, I've got about I'd say maybe 6,000 points of them. Uh, they're they're yeah. the army that I first started getting into 30k with uh, from the uh, Betrayal of Kalf box. You know, I built the uh, tax squads out of there and the Terminators. Kind of tested my... I don't know if I'd say tested, but developed my uh, color scheme for them, and that's just kind of changed over time, too, as I did it. So Yeah. I've re- I- repainted different, you know, like... Uh, the Land Raiders and stuff, and the Spartan, I repainted, and now I'll be working on repainting the uh, the Land Speeders. Yeah, there's uh, one picture you put up um, of your Praetor that you painted recently. Uh, yes, you... I did uh, the conversion with the uh, Praetor Tribune. Yes. Yeah. It came out amazing. Uh Love the 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 different tones of colors you manage to get from the armor. It just it looks amazing. Thank you. I actually used a. I didn't use any black to shade that. I used purple on that for all the shading on the armor. A purple. Then, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I used I used purple. Well, yeah, like how'd you apply it though? So, well, I, <laughs> what I did is I uh, lay down a black. Uh, primer on that and then I did like uh, pre-shading with a dead white from Vallejo Air and then I laid down the uh, two Forge World colors I use uh, Lupercal and Sons of Horse Green with a little bit of the uh, Saberite Green in it and kind of laid down the initial colors there and then I came back with glazes and used uh, purple and then the uh, two Forge World colors to build up the highlights kind of manipulate it there with a little bit of a just white at the end for the tips of the highlights where it was there, but I didn't use any black to shade it once it was uh, once all the colors were laid down. Yeah, dude, it, it, uh, the model looks amazing. 
Do you ever use oil washes on your model, like your infantry? I do. Yeah, I use those uh, on the uh, test meetings I did for uh, World Leaders and Death Guard because I'm kind of tossing around the idea of starting one of them. I use, uh, I use oil wash. And I need to refine my oil wash a little bit there because you can kind of see some of the pigmentation. It's not quite as clean as doing like a straight pin wash on some of those. I need to work on it a little bit, but it works. It works pretty well. You definitely got to seal them and then be careful about how you apply it, but you could still do it on a, on an infantry model as opposed to just doing it on tanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I've used it on like uh, several special characters. So I was just wondering if you, if you did that too. So. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a recent thing that I started doing. Before I was just doing uh, like lining with the pin wash, I would just use like a null oil gloss with a little bit of black paint mixed in there, and I would just kind of paint it into the recesses. But it's a uh, it's a lot faster to use the use the oil wash, and you get pretty good results. And it's kind of forgiving; you can clean it up. So if you have those white spirits and you kind of put a little splotch on there that you didn't need to, or you go out of the line, you can come back with a little bit of that white spirit. And clean up the uh, yeah like you can come back day, like a day or more later and, and still yeah. clean it up which is yeah that's why it's important to, to to seal it before you start the oil wash because if you don't seal it some of that oil paint's going to bleed into the paint that you have on there it's just mm -hmm. it's going to happen and you won't be able to get it out it'll stain it a little bit but if you put down a little bit of varnish gloss varnish then uh you can usually get it all back up so this is the technique you were explaining to me. It's like where you gloss varnish it, and then when you put the oil wash, it like magically finds its ways into the crevice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, through that capillary action, it it doesn't want to sit on top, kind of like your your acrylic washes or your your washes that use water from uh from GW. It wants to pull into the uh, into the recesses and corners like that. So you just load up your brush. You don't even load it up. You just put a little bit in your brush, and you just kind of like touch it, especially in the corners, and you'll see it just kind of run along those cracks in the corners and, and fill in wherever you want. And then wherever it goes where you didn't want, since you gloss varnish or you can just come by with like a Q-tip or a cotton swab or even a brush with a little bit of a just damp with some white spirit, and you can lift up whatever was there and then manipulate that oil paint to how you want it to do. Because that's the, the beauty of the oil paint is it doesn't dry instantly. It takes a little while. Like uh, acrylics, they're going to dry, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, they're dry. You're not getting those up even a couple seconds after you apply them. You can't really move them around and manipulate them. But oil paints, they take a while to dry. So you can move them around, kind of lift them up afterwards, and uh, really get some neat effects with those. And they're a little bit more forgiving. But they do take a little bit more practice to work with and you just got to kind of go outside your box and use them but you can get some really neat effects don't be afraid to do that i wish i had done it so much earlier you know i knew about it and i thought about it it took me a while to really jump into using oils but it makes a huge difference it does it really does i really can't see going any other way at this point yeah i mean and you got to remember to seal them down too so when you're done and uh, they've dried, like, you know, let them dry for like 24 hours or so is, you know, you want to seal them down with another varnish. You know, whether you're going to do gloss or a matte varnish and you're towards the end of your miniature kind of painting then. Because they'll still smudge, especially if you're doing like rust streaks or something like that. You definitely want to seal those in. Nice. So do you think you could, uh, in the chat, 
just put in like the um, varnishes that she is. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. So I know I asked Brad this, and Chris wasn't here for that. What what brand of paint or paints do you prefer using over other paints? Uh, it really depends on which paint I'm using. You know, I really like GW Reds, uh, and their yellows are actually pretty good. I use a lot of Alejo right now. I like their metallics a lot, especially their air metallics are great. Um, AK Interactive, they have some great, great products for weathering. And uh, their matte varnish, their ultra matte varnish is pretty awesome. I've heard a lot of good things about Scale uh, 75. I'd like to try those out. You mean Scale 78? <laughs> scale 76? Scale inside? Yes. Uh, my comedy of getting that wrong. People do not <laughs> oh, want to let me let like, that one down. <laughs> like rune, yeah, RuneScape painting? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done it to... I'm just gonna... <laughs> We just gotta start fucking. We just gotta start fucking up your name all the time. Just start calling you Louie or something else that's like close to Louis, but but not. Entertain yourself. Go Wangle. for it. Yeah, Wangle. You, you can Wangler. go for it, and I'll be cool with it. Louis Wrangler, <laughs> like the Jeep. I did, to I be honest, I like Wranglers, so I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, what's the best way of describing it? I, don't know. And then, uh, I use Windsor Newton. I use Windsor Newton for oil paint. There you go. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, we should probably before I forget because I'm about to pour my second bourbon, and the first one was a pretty lightweight. Tall glass. It, well, it was like a three inch tall glass. So. Um, oh, is that you, what you, she expects? <laughs> oh, hey man, that's all it takes. That's, that's enough to get a nice, good squirt up in there. It worked once, so. <laughs> but, so um, you think it did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you like, got a DNA. <laughs> she, yeah, she looks a lot like the neighbor. So, <laughs> you know what? Though that's cool. Whatever. Ignorance but, um, is bliss, my friend. Ignorance is, is bliss. It is. Praise the Lord. Um. <laughs> But um, I I opened up a chat that if you go to the Road to Damnation podcast Facebook page, um, there's a link. So if you're a listener of the show and you want to be in a chat with all of us, as well as other listeners, um, anybody. Do you want to subject just... yourself to that? Yeah. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of mental fucking torture. Um, anybody could just follow the link and join. You don't need to be approved or anything. So. But if you're in the chat, keep it hobby related. Yeah, um, not to sound like whatever, and even though like, uh, who gives a shit? Um, yeah, I don't. Except I don't space like wolves. It. Don't don't talk about space wolves in there. Yeah, if you talk <laughs> about space wolves, then I'll impregnate your mother, so you have to call me daddy. But um, Shane's gonna go off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, just keep it. Don't talk about personal shit. Let's keep it hobby only, because. People go there for an escape usually, and you know. So at least I do. I don't want to hear and about personal I, shit. I love seeing other people's work, so it can inspire me to attempt to make my crap yeah. better. And also, when there's too much personal shit, people stop posting because they log out and they don't want to deal with that. Um, one of the benefits to the hobby chat is so people can like talk about techniques and stuff, and you know, 
or bitch about a legion that sucks, like Custard, General Custard, Custard, um, <laughs> Custodies. Yeah. Yeah, man. I guess Custodies. So. Yeah. Good mention. You know what's really cool about these Chaos Dwarves is their fucking guns have axes built into them. I was just thinking it'd be cool to put some like embedded dried blood on there. That is pretty interesting. You, you don't ever see um, a Space Marine bolter with like a bayonet on it. I do that on all of mine. You put bayonets on? Fuck yeah. It makes sense. All of my um, straight up infantry. Um, well, except for the plastic ones because they don't come with it. But all of my resin infantry, um, 90% of them have bayonets on them. I think I love it when there's a bayonet on them. I just think it's so fucking cool, especially the chain bayonet. I I personally think that there should be an extra rule for that, but maybe that's me. Maybe that. What do you guys feel about that? I think that'd be cool if there was an extra rule for to to buy the bayonets for your bolters. I mean. It would be pretty cool if it was like so. You know how you have like Wait, Overwatch. Was, was Chris trying to talk? You there? I thought about it. Well, it would oh. be kind of like the uh, the heavy chain blade that you put on the uh, the thalax. You know, they have an option for that, but um, I guess. But you can give the dudes chain swords. You know, you could count maybe count it as that. Count it as your chain sword if you're going to put a big ass like chainsaw on the end of your bolter. There you go, Lewis. What were yeah. you saying? That would work. I- I was saying, like, you know how you have, like, Overwatch for shooting? If you pay for a bayonet, if they charge into you, you get a bayonet attack. So, like, you're trying to jab oh. them with the bayonet as they come in. So it's like, cool. almost like a double. That'd be cool if you could, like, gain initiative, you know? Yeah, something like that. It's like, oh, you put bayonets in, so you get plus one initiative you, to the... Cho- you uh, you need a really charging. long bayonet for that. A real long bayonet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like, when or if GW <laughs> drops heresy, that maybe we could do that as a community rule. <laughs> I'll start working on it. It'll probably happen sooner rather than later. Hey, what chat did you want me to post that stuff in? Um, I was I I was meaning this chat the for Discord, but you could do it in the oh. hobby yeah, or the group chat. Yeah, I did, I did it in the other group chat. Sure. That's cool. All right, so that works. I'm gonna order that shit. Yeah, the Ultra Map. Yeah, that's pretty awesome stuff. So then, also, I think uh, since we're on about it, the the competition uh, once again, uh, even though uh, I think I mentioned this in the last one, there is a Spartan up for grabs. People, uh, it will ship it anywhere in the world. Um, doesn't really matter to us. I uh, just want to see what your creative design is. Comes up with uh, a picture, a logo, uh, something that we can use for the podcast. And if you Shane likes it and Chris likes it, there might be something else. Uh, and then you can send that to Road to Damnation, buddy K at gmail.com. Right? Created Totes. that email. Totally doesn't even know. Um, and then in terms of, uh, I guess, you know, current news that's going on so uh betrayal 4 is not this weekend coming up the weekend after if you're going to it 
Shane will be there. I will be there. I believe Craigbot will be there too. So, uh, looking forward to that event. Um, that's on Facebook if you search Betrayer 4. All the rules, I believe they've just now added Titanicus. So, if you have Titanicus, you can go and play Titanicus too. So, and you can pre register all the instructions are on that Facebook page. Early December, I don't know when. The Jersey Devil Painting Contest at Mythicos. Uh, if you're into painting models, uh, you like get inspired from all these excellent people we've had on that are really good at painting, and you feel like you want to enter this competition, go for it. It's a fun time. Everyone's really social and having fun. Um, and then February 23rd, we have our event. Since I've already talked about it, Chris and Cycle, Chris, you want to talk a bit about it too? It's going to be mean, awesome. It's going to be the best. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the best <laughs> event. It's going to yeah. be great. We're going to have narrative stuff. Like We're going to have like DM'd ZM games. There's going to be a mega battle. There's going to be Titanicus. You know, it's definitely going to be pushing the narrative more than any event that I've done and i think any event that you guys have done before too oh yeah like do you want to talk a little bit about the um mega battle so the mega battle is going to be what was it 3k points per person so it'll be yes, 9k yes. per side exactly. yeah 9k yes. per side uh we're not going to have a limit on lord of wars for that if i'm correct that's what we decided on yeah we yeah. should have our official primer up here shortly if it's not been posted yet and that'll uh have the army sizes there that we're going to have, but it'll be three on three for that mega battle. And that's going to, you know, evaluate or warrant more command points, you know, that are going to go towards the overall event on uh, who wins the event and how that dictates the narrative. But it, it should be good. Like uh, Lewis said last time, it's going to be uh, the first round. It's going to be 2,500 points. That's going to be before launch. That'll be quite a few of our large battles. And then, uh, in the afternoon, it'll be the Mega Battle at Titanicus and ZM or Centurion Games. And also, if you don't have a full 2,500-point army or 3,000-point army, you can still uh, bring a smaller one, and we can uh, do a team game, or we could just do some uh, ZM or Centurion for the first round also. Damn, you summed that up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, just remember, for the big game, there is only six spots for that. We've allocated six spots. Free trader, free loyalist. That's a first come, first up basis. So if you register uh, first, you'll obviously have, you know, and you want to be in that game, make sure you mention it to one of us at the road to damnation 30k uh, gmail.com. That way you can guarantee your spot for that one. But uh, the whole event from the 2,500 point games to the smaller ZM, Titanicus, uh, Centurion, and even the Mega Battle will build towards the narrative. So, Yeah, we've got some pretty neat missions that we're working on, some uh, really creative stuff, stuff that's outside the box, so it's not going to be just a straight line them up and knock them down kind of stuff. You know, we've got some NPCs that are going to be in there, some DM'd games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for it. I'm really excited. I'm not even going to be playing. I'm probably just going to be running games. I'm super stoked for this. 
there'll be four of us this time running it, so I we should be able to get good rotation in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I, th- I think Shane said he wants to play as Space Wolves for that event, so he might, <laughs> he might be doing that. I don't know if he's going to be uh, running any stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's why he drank himself into oblivion today, because he realized like he just can't remove himself from being a Space Wolf lover. You know? Yeah, it's that, it's that self-hate that he has going on. You know, that, that I mean, loathing. He can't come to terms with it. From a uh, psychological <laughs> standpoint, I really can't say I blame him. So. Isn't it like the space wolves that drink a lot? They are just true fitting to character, right? Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. They have that that meat or whatever they drink. That you know, the white scars drink too. They drink that uh, fermented cow's milk or whatever, like that. That's kind of like that take off that Mongolian Christ, drink. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> so what weird. fermented cow's milk or oh my space wolves drinking? Doesn't that mean just cow's milk that's like chunky? I. Like, I, don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where the stages of cheese begin and the liquor starts to take over. I've heard it's <laughs> not good from people that have tried it. But I think I would like to give it a shot once. So, You know, there's a reason why your fucking yeah, audience... If anybody has any, right you know, let there's us know. For it, no, I'd, so. I'd like to give it a shot. It's because you're talking about... Yeah, minus. It's because you're talking about how you would be willing to drink fermented fucking cow's milk, you weird fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, I, we should, or fermented we, breast milk. What about doing that? That's taking right. it to a whole other level. I have, right there. I have access to that right now, <laughs> dude. I was just hey, maybe, chilling. Maybe we can make our own. I was chilling oh. in the living room the other day, and my wife walks up to me and just starts squirting milk all over my face. I'm like, "Are you fucking serious?" No, just like a crazy tit cobra, just spraying that shit all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's like, like laughing at me, and I'm getting like fucking milk all over my face. I'm like, "All right, well, I guess I'm gonna have to wash this out of my hair." <laughs> Wow! It was really you like, so many. You can go so many places with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, are you sure it wasn't your grinder date? Oh, <laughs> oh, damn! Um, hey, no, your dad was busy. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um. So yeah, our event's gonna be pretty <laughs> awesome. I'm like trying to self-level myself and not. Um, got a lot planned for it. Um, there's a couple of events that I kind of want to reach out to some guys uh, from like Maryland, New England, uh, Connecticut, because there's some cool guys out there, and see if they have any events coming up that they want shouted out to. Uh, and hopefully, we should have a good couple of months of heresy coming up. Fuck yeah. Um, what else? I'm really, I'm really excited about Titanicus. You, you and Shane talking about Titanicus in the last episode. Like, I was just totally jerking off to that while I was driving. It was awesome. You know, it just kind of helped because I, I, you know, I'm trying to play more games, and I'll be excited when more people, uh, Chris, come back to America and are around to play it too. Uh, it's it's a it's truly a fun game to play. It's still in the stage where they need to release a little bit more though, um, and you can tell once they release it, like it's definitely going to be a fun game to play. Like, I'd like to. Otherwise, you know. Yeah. No, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I just uh actually I lied on my hobby progress. So you know all the pieces in the grand master set. Yeah. 
I actually just sprayed them all. So the terrain pieces? No, the terrain pieces. The um, like the templates and markers oh, cool. for the command terminals. I decided I wanted them all to be like rusty metallic uh, mechanicum. Like I want to say um, steampunk, steampunk look to them. So I ended up uh, spraying them black. Did uh, Balthasar gold. Uh, and I washed them all uh, with Seraph CPM, I think it is. Well, nice. I just butchered that, but to give yeah, them that. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's cool. I mean, you're only English, and it's the English language, but hey. <laughs> Yo, the people at Games Workshop, they come up with half of these names. Like in the book, like I'm, I'm talking about the books with uh, Shane, and he remembers names like that. I'm like, I can't even remember them like two books ago. <laughs> I think the guys at GW just like take shrooms and they're like, let's fucking punch each other in the nuts and whatever word comes out, we're going to call that a paint. <laughs> Dude, it's like uh, when you take like a math test uh, in England, the, the books, like, they don't use like Bob or Sarah. It's like some really long foreign name and you're like, Wow. It's like you just made this reading this math question so much harder because I'm trying to pronounce that one guy's name. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't. I'm so that. glad we had that revolution. We don't have to deal with that kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have to take math in high school, so there you go. Sensible. Yeah, Merka. 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 It's Merka, Lewis. It's on the test. It's on the test. <laughs> I'll remember that for the test. <laughs> the test of uh, 10 questions out of 100. Right. So, Chris, yeah. How do you feel about, like, because you're definitely, like, very fluff driven in Heresy. How do you feel about Custodes, like, being played? I love the models. I like that they made rules for them, but it's kind of like one of those things that you probably shouldn't see them everywhere. They weren't everywhere in the heresy, so um, did... I think that you know, like when it comes to the Battle of Terra, you know, I think we should see them a lot more. Yeah, hey, for Battle and, of and Terra, you kind of warned it there. You know, maybe if you did like a Battle of Webway event, and I think the guys down in Richmond 30K, I think those guys did like a Webway event. I want to say. And like that's the kind of stuff where you should see them a lot, but you know, seeing them where they're like, you know, like multiple custodes armies. If you're running an event, not that I've seen that, you know, would kind of be out of place with the proportion of how much they were out there. But you know, people are going to want to play them. You know, they're cool models and they've got good rules. But that's why you know some of the rules are a little too good, and that's why uh, as a community we kind of regulate if people aren't going to self-regulate. No, definitely. Did... What is what does the webway look like? Like, how do you get terrain for the webway? What the fuck is the webway? You know, speaking of that, maybe it's not like doesn't look exactly like the webway, but there was a Kickstarter not that long ago on Facebook uh, for some pretty awesome looking like uh, Eldar terrain. It had like a mat and it had some walls that were like three uh, D printed that you could print out. You got the the files or whatever they're. The STD files or whatever, whatever they're called, and uh, you can print them STD out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
But uh, I think that's a lot what, what it would look like is probably similar walls like that. I don't know. I imagine just a bunch of, you know, kind of like tubes running around with no real end and beginning and weird Eldar statues at the crossroads mm. is what it, what it would look like. We, we also have to I kind of like about... that we don't know, too. You know? What's that? We also have to talk about the, the Black Library just announced the Siege of Terror. I mean, eight books. books. Eight books. I'm surprised Let's... that they're cutting themselves short like that because the heresy was supposed to be three books, right? Or, like, what, two to three books? No, the I mean... first couple... Just before they really had anything set out, like, the first couple books were out. And they were awesome. And it seems like the middle towards the end now, like the books, the quality hasn't been as as high as you saw in the first couple of books. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, hopefully eight books and they're really going to knock it out of the park on this one. I really hope so. Really hope we see some of the, uh, the really, the better writers, you know, like the favorite writers in there doing that kind of stuff. I and, honestly... Uh, they really kill it. I... I wouldn't be surprised if book eight is rebranded for Siege of Terra. I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Like the uh, black book. Yeah. I, well, uh, no, I think, I feel like they're going to keep going on with the, uh, with the horse heresy. That's what they've stated. I mean, I'll, I'll believe it until I see its changes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I was really excited to see the Siege of Terra books. Uh, them announce it and they actually put a video out on YouTube I think I discussed this with Shane where they had like the guy was saying you know the the difficulties of writing this one is everyone kind of knows what's going to happen so like writing it they knew it has to be a certain standard so I'm I'm really hoping it's definitely that cut above the rest Uh, Mm -hmm. especially towards the latter half of the book series Um, you know you know what, Chris, though, going back to the Black Books, I wouldn't be surprised if they do switch that after they release Book 9, which has the Dark Angels. Then they've mm-hmm. got kind of like the Horacy out there. The and Horacy? then they switch. The Horacy. The, the Horacy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I probably had too much scotch at this point, but yeah. all right. Good. I'm glad. Hey, on, Chris, tell them what time it is where you are. Uh, oh, man, it's almost 8 o'clock. In the morning. In the morning. <laughs> I know, I've definitely been up for we're a while ma- now. We've made it, we're making this work. That's the best part. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it should be good. Looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to, I know it's a little off topic here, but that new Warhammer Quest Blackstone Fortress. You got know some what? ideas is for it, that, is bringing it over a, to 30k. Dude, this is a bonus episode. Do whatever the fuck you want. Well, I'm I'm definitely kind of excited for that. There's some, there's some, if nothing else, there's some pretty awesome models in there. You know, like I'm, I've really been stoked on the rogue traders that they've been bringing out. I think those will be awesome in a solar ox army or a militia army. Yep. You know, and just, uh, maybe even as NPCs, you know, I'm going to buy them. I'm probably going to paint them up and, you know, they might even become part of a scenario for our uh, next event or the one after that. The models in that black fortress game looks phenomenal though. I'm they hit the ball. It looks... I'm pretty excited to see the game. You know what I would love to do is take like one of the Rogue Trader role-playing games and do a Horus Heresy era Rogue Trader campaign. like Maybe like a monthly 
or like a you know every three week type of game like day, a, like like an RPG kind of yes. kind of game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. But we could uh, also we'll, we'll talk we'll talk offline after this. I got yeah. some ideas too. I think. But like, dude, we could also tie that into so much other shit, like the the campaigns with the actual thirty k and shit. So yep, yeah. I like the, I like where you're going with this. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> On hundred percent. Like, yeah, dude. Like we could even tie that into an event. You know, mega battle, all this shit. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Nice. So, we briefly talked about painting. We talked about events, news, updates. Uh, talked about what we're excited for in the, the book series. And then, you know, hopefully tomorrow is when they release, like, what they're planning or giving us an update, I believe, right? That's when Warhammer Community does it. Or is it Friday? I always forget. Fridays is the Forge World, I believe. Yeah, and so... We, we didn't finish talking about painting, but we can do that next time, because I still wanted to talk about weathering powders. But that's a whole, yes. that's a whole other topic. Like, that's a, that's a day. That's, that's a, a day. About that. Yeah, and then go a little bit more into oils on that, too. On another it's like, day. It's like, I don't know how much longer you want to stay up after being up for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do need to uh, call it here shortly, but um all right so since you're here and we make everyone do this why don't you tell us a funny story to lead us out or fucking whacked out something whacked out would be better hang on i gotta do the first thing that shane did all right if there was any legion you don't care about what legion would it be oh alpha legion no no doubt alpha legion (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i can't i can't stand alpha legion (laughs) yeah there's clearly those guys Yeah. Oh my God. That nothing gets me more worked up than when they start saying there's three. There's not three. There's two. There's clearly two in all the books. <laughs> Nobody hints at three. You're just making that bullshit up because they have three on the Hydra. The Hydra always had three heads. Now I guess the unbroken chain. Oh God. Don't even get me started. You know, like they, they quit. They quit before the Siege of Terra. They just gave up. You know, just, uh, I'm just going to break my dagger and walk away until they give up. <laughs> How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? I I I, I am kind of getting a little getting a little angry here. I'm getting a little worse. Yeah. You know, you know. I don't know. Fucking It'll be Alpha okay. Legion. It'll be okay. Like I probably feel about Alpha Legion the way Shane feels about Space Wolves <laughs> on the outside. The way Shane feels to the public about Space Wolves, not the way you tell. He is actually because he's yeah. painting him right now and he's not here. Yep, yeah. that's why he's not here. I think I'm half expecting to go into his house and see a picture of Lima Russ somewhere on the walls. Yeah, he's just got like a like a banner, him. like a tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be his cum rag too. We <laughs> just fucking stuck together. He's got a little like a uh, little little stuffed wolf that he sleeps with every night. <laughs> <laughs> it has like a hole in the back door. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. There you go. Oh man, this is what happens when you don't make it on the show. <laughs> yeah, especially when it was your fucking idea. <laughs> I was all excited for it, and he's like, "Oh, I'm just wiped." Like, all right, and then, all right. So then, going back to the original point, funny story to leave us out, or oh, or just story. something crazy. Okay. All right. Okay. You, I got you see anyone here. fucking donkeys out there? No. No. Not really. 
But uh, this one time, <clears throat> this was back in the States, and uh, it was Easter morning, and uh, we're just on duty, and uh, we that uh, somebody found a body over in uh, the water over by uh, all these fishing boats. So we, we head over there, and we go over and yeah, this guy's dad, he's, you know, kind of fell in the water, and the state police are over there, too. And we're kind of, like, uh, looking around, you know, like, investigation and everything, and doing their thing. Sitting there for about an hour or two, all these guys just floating around. And uh, eventually, you know, it's all wrapped up. We got to pick this guy up and uh, take him back. And uh, we, you put him in kind of like a, like a little bit of, like, a, it's like this basket. You know, it's like this, like, board that you put them on and you kind of, like, strap them to it. So we put that in the water and we're just kind of, like, trying to pull this guy over to get him on there and then strap him in. And this guy on the other boat, for whatever reason, you know, decides to jump in the water to, to help us out to do this. You know, he had on, like, a, like a dry suit, like, everything you needed to have on because it's winter and it's cold. Well, it's not winter. It's, like, you know, like, early spring, like, whenever Easter happens. And it was pretty cold out. <laughs> and he just hops in and, like, to, to bring this guy to get him in this basket. You know, I'm just like, we, we could have done this without him hopping in there. So <laughs> to get him in there, he's like facing the body, right? And he's got him like right in front of his face. So he's facing him and he's like putting him in this basket, trying to pull him up to push him on there. And he, he's having a, he's having a time. So if you've ever tried to put a body or somebody into a basket like that, it's, it's not as easy when you're in the water. They just want to float all over the place and you got to kind of like, wrap your legs around them in the basket and kind of put them in and hook up the straps. So as he's doing this, he's having a lot of trouble. My buddy is holding the basket on the back of our boat. And uh, he's, he's getting these straps on there and he gets the chest strap on. And uh, it's, it's not tight enough. And this guy, the, the state trooper, is like right holding this thing like right there. He's like inches away from the face of this, this body that's been in the water for, for hours. And he's like right there and there's this trap the strap that puts him in the basket he clipped it over his chest and my buddy's right there and he turns and he looks at me and he makes eye contact and i know exactly what he's gonna do and he takes the end of that strap and he yanks down on that thing so hard what that strap does is it compresses the chest cavity right there oh my god <laughs> so what what happens is when you when you do that what, what's all in the lungs is just foam and bile and like this like black i don't i don't even know what it is and it just comes all shooting out of this guy's mouth oh. right all over this dude's face all <laughs> over his face oh my god oh. what an asshole <laughs> and, like, this guy's I, I trying to help <laughs> so so for him like this guy you know like freaks out a little bit Washes his face off. He like takes off, hops back on his boat. We pull it back up. We pull the body back up on ours, and uh, we head back to uh, to the boat dock. <laughs> well, as we're as we're pulling up, the boat dock is right next to like this little like like restaurant, like club, and there's like a like a grassy part out there. And remember, this is Easter. So <laughs> as as we're pulling up, we got this body on the back right there, and we're not thinking anything of it. And we like look up, and like ten feet away. Are these kids doing an <laughs> Easter egg hunt right there? Like, and we got this, and they're like looking at us, and the parents are like are running down there, like grabbing the kids, like running them away, and we just got, we're just like, oh shit, you know, like, 
Didn't even think about it. Didn't even think of like you know throw a blanket over the guy or whatever. So. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Those poor kids. <laughs> That's one of the yeah, best things a, I've ever heard. It was a pretty interesting day. <laughs> wow. A black file. Oh man, do you, re- do you reckon it's like stomach acid? Well, they it's, call that like, they call like, that mung, like foamy, like yeah, it's 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 pretty gross, man. You ever heard of when, mung? You do, when you got to do CPR or something like that, and you got that? It's it's uh... oh, that's awesome. It's a great way to end this episode, that's or this midisode, or this extra bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the only, that's the best story we've had so far. Yeah, it is. That was good. That was good. Let's see <laughs> if one of our four listeners can actually top that. <laughs> Shane, our only other we're the ones that listen to this, and then Shane. Yeah. Have to listen to it. <laughs> I just put it on repeat to make the ratings go up. <laughs> oh, you've been doing that too? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I thought we had like so many people. It turns out it's just four of us. <laughs> Loser. Alright guys, this is Road to Damnation. I guess we'll sign it now. Peace. Crickets. Crickets. Yo, Crickwell, leave me.